0: yours. Praise God. It's a pleasure to be here again. Uh, we was he- I was here last year, right? Yeah. Those of you who remember? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> or you have really bad memory? Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, when we left here last time, we drove right straight to Texas. And, uh, we did stop in between the way. Uh, don't, get, don't panic there, although we have done some long night driving, right, Christopher? Um, so that we could get on the plane so we could fly to uh, Africa. Because I don't know if you remember the last time that we was here, we were planning to go to Africa, Christopher and I. And I'd like to show a video, a real small video clip of uh, that trip to Africa to show where your giving has gone. If you could run that video, please. God has been good. I thought I had fire. I thought I had passion. I had to repent. Seriously, I'm not joking. I had to repent. How many of you would wait three hours for the preacher to show up? Wow! wow. They waited three hours for us to show up. And they were worshiping. They were praying. They, And then when we got there, they told all three of us, uh, Stephen, Chania, um, myself, and they told CRISPR, but CRISPR was like, no. They said, you're all three preaching. We've been waiting for you. And Stephen kept trying to convince them, no, we'll just testify. You've been here long enough as it is. And this was in the middle of the day. It was, it was uh, like 12 o'clock, uh, and, and the sun was hot. And, uh, but Stephen and Stephen preached, and then I preached, and then we had another hour or so of altar service um, after the preaching. So it was a total for them. Uh, for us, it was a little over three hours, almost four hours. For them, it was like, you know, six, seven hours being in the service. And they didn't have real comfortable seats like what you got there, they had little two by sixes and, on top of stumps and and whatever else they could find. Um, so I had I seriously had to repent um, because the hunger and the passion and the desire that they had for the word of God and for to hear the man of God, they they honored, they they showed an honor that I had never experienced, that I had never seen for the man of God and for the word of God. We in America need to learn some things. That's right. And uh, an African missionary, I can't remember, I think he was in, in Canada or United States. There was a group of pastors and he was preaching there. And he rebuked the pastors. He said, you people are dead. You need to get on fire. This fire I have, that's your fault. Your ancestors came to our country and planted that fire in us. And now we have to come back and light you guys up because you've lost it. Wow. 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 Let that sink in and marinate in your heart for a little bit. Because God is doing something. Um, he's speaking to my spirit, speaking to my, my heart. I don't want to take uh, much more time. I want to get into this, this, this message if you want to hang around for the second part, uh, 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 for the second service, you'll hear more. Um, but I'm going to dive into this message that the Lord has laid on my heart since this, mo- this morning. I've been praying and seeking and asking the Lord for this, for this service, what he had me to say. Um, and he's been downloading, he's still downloading um, in my spirit. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to, to the book of Proverbs. To the book of Proverbs, chapter 10. We're going to read verses um, 24 and 25. 24 and 25. Everybody there? I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, verse 24. The fears of the wicked will be fulfilled. The hopes of the godly will be granted. When the storms of life come, the wicked are whirled away. But the godly have a lasting foundation. Let's uh, look at that in the the New King James. I'm going to open it up here. (coughs) Thankful for it. Technology, we can have more than one uh, version at our fingertips, amen? Amen. Um, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. The fear of the wicked will come upon him, and the desire of the righteous will be granted. When the whirlwind passes by, the wicked is no more. But the righteous has an everlasting foundation. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I pray that you would anoint my lips to speak the words that you have given me, Lord. As your word says, if any man speak, let him speak as of an oracle of God. If any man minister, let him minister in the ability that you give, Lord. I want you to receive the glory. I want you to receive the honor, Lord. Hide me behind the cross that I would not be seen. Let not my character be be illuminated here lord let your character be illuminated let your glory shine i pray that every heart that is that is here to receive every ear that is listening that the anointing of the holy spirit would just touch them and enable them to receive i pray against any barrier any philosophy any imagination every thought process that is contrary to the word of god i take it captive i command it to leave and And be driven away in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you would receive the glory and the honor. And I pray that we would not just receive information this morning, but we would receive transformation in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. There are two types of individuals that we can see in life. And this is biblical. And there are two different types of tracks that we can run on. There's two types of individuals and two types of tracks that we can follow. We see here in Proverbs chapter 10, and actually from from, uh, from chapter 1 to verse 9, it's kind of like an introduction to the book of Proverbs. And then when you get to 10, all the way up to uh, 21 or 23, he starts going into this comparison. With two or three verses here and there, and and it seems like the whole chapter, if you read the whole chapter of chapter 10 or chapter 11, there's there's no real central theme. But in Hebrew poetry, it's different than our poetry. We like a rhyme and a rhythm so that it flows and makes sense and it sounds pretty. For Hebrew thinkers, they do comparisons. And this is what Solomon is doing. He's doing a comparison between two different individuals and two different tracks. And God is speaking Mm. to every one of us, myself included, that there's two tracks. There's things that we have seen throughout the years. And it seems like things are accelerating out of control, but really they're just falling in place, not out of place. It's just getting things set up for what God has in store. And he is saying something. I like what Pastor Freddie said. I don't think he realized what he said when he said, "We're, we're, we're coming into a reset for 2024. We really are coming into a reset because there's two tracks that we can be running on. When I ran track and field and cross country, the the guy before he would pull the trigger on the gun, he would say, on your mark, get set, and then he'd pull the trigger. God is saying to us this morning, on your mark, step up to the line. I see the Lord, he has drawn a line for us, and he's calling us up to the line, on our mark. Matthew 24, uh, you, you probably know the chapter and you read from, in, in verses 4 and 5, we see there, it talks about before you see the rumors of wars and, and the pestilence and everything else, it says there would arise false prophets right. to try to deceive them. The very first thing, and we've been seeing it. Oh, yeah. I remember when we were in Bible school. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've been seeing the deception on the rise. And there is a deception of this hyper grace and and many other deceptions that, that even Christians are going to be shocked on the day of judgment. Because they're not going to hear the words, enter in thou good and faithful servant. They're going to hear, depart from me, ye worker of iniquity, I never knew you. There's two paths we can follow. And God is telling us we need to to remember the starting of a race on your mark. He's calling us to come up on our mark. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, he's calling you to come up on the mark to start the race as as a Christian, as a follower, a disciple. And it's not just praying a magic prayer that gets you saved. We preached uh, a wimpy gospel, a washed-down, washed-up, dried-up, dead gospel. Only half the message, preaching about all the good things and all the blessings and how that we don't have to do anything to receive salvation. That's only half the message, baby. Because Jesus said, or through uh, the Spirit, through James, he said, Faith without works is dead. John the Baptist said to the religious that I will not baptize you until you show me fruit, meat for repentance. Yes, we're saved by grace through faith, but faith without works is dead. And it's faith that allows us to enter in to that grace. The grace is not just a saving grace that sets us free, but it's an empowering grace so that we can overcome and live victorious. There's two sides to the coin. On your mark, get ready. Matthew, Henry says, the course of the prosperous sinner over this commentary for for, uh, Proverbs chapter 10, the course of the prosperous sinner is like a whirlwind which soon spends itself and is gone. And I felt my spirit as I was praying and 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 preparing this message, you're gonna see a distinction like never before. Ah, but brother Chris, I've seen I've lived this life and 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 I've seen the wicked seem to be getting away. I don't see no distinction. I see I see good people suffering some bad things and and wicked people don't seem to be getting well. You're going to put your experience above what the Word of God says? And if you're putting your experience above the Word of God, then you made your experience an idol. We need to to put the Word of God above our experience. And if our experience isn't lined up with the Word of God, where is the error? Is the error in the Word of God or is the error in our experience? Is God's word absolute or not? Is it true that heaven and earth will pass away, but not one jot or one tittle of this word fail or not? If that's the case, then if our experience doesn't line up with this, then where's the error? Where's the correction that needs to be made? There's two tracks. There's two pathways we can follow. And God is calling us to kick it up another notch. He's calling us to come up to the line. You guys are getting ready to, to, to step into some things that you don't even have an idea. You think you have an idea of what's going to happen, but you don't have a clue of what God has in store for you. You don't have a clue of the goodness and the greatness of what God wants to do through you. And he's asking for you to kick it up or not. So good. On your mark. Get set. On your mark. Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. You all with me? I've been making this a theme in, my, in, my, in the last few months, the last six months. Um, Luke chapter 21, verses 34 through 36. The New Living says, watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't let the day catch you unaware like a trap. For that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep alert at all times and pray that you might be strong enough to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. On your mark, get set. On your mark, get ready. God's drawing a line. And he's asking for us to be alert, be sober, like it says in Peter, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, he's a roaring lion, as a roaring lion. doesn't say he is a roaring lion, he's as a roaring lion. He's just an imitator, he's the father of lies. He's not a big, bad, he says he's big and bad. He tries to be big and bad, but compared to my God, my Father, (laughs) he doesn't have nothing. But I still have to be alert because he's a snake. And he's a snake in the grass waiting to bite if we're not alert. You know, down there in Mexico where you're walking around, you have to be looking down. Not just because of the rocks or whatever that you might slip on, but you never know, you might see a snake. And I've stumbled upon many oh, snakes in Mexico and in Texas. One time I stumbled upon, I remember I was working in Texas in construction, and we was moving some debris, and at that time I was more tone deaf. God healed me of that, so I don't have a problem now. But at that time I couldn't hear. And it wasn't for my coworker that was working with me. I probably would have got bit by a rattlesnake because I didn't hear the rattle. And some of us are so preoccupied with other things, like it says in the scriptures, we're worried that we cannot hear the warnings. God has been sounding the warnings these last few years. He has been beating the drum. And there are people, voices that God has raised up in the body of Christ to sound the alarm, to get the body ready. He's saying, on your mark. Get set. Get set for Second Peter. That's the second point. Get set. On your mark. Get set. Second Peter, chapter one, verse ten. Everybody with me? Second Peter. There it is. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Wow, you see? There's a second half of grace right there. But we've been preaching, all oh, so long that, oh, you just have to sit back. You don't have to do nothing. Yeah, God done it all. That's not what the scripture says. Work hard. Faith without works is dead. This church will not grow without hard work. Your spiritual life will not grow, will not change without hard work. You cannot experience the transformation God wants to do in you without hard work. Dying to self is hard work. And we need to die to self. We sung about it this morning. I lay me down. You understand the context. Are you really laying yourself down all the way? Or you saying, oh, just this far, Lord. Just this much. Not this area of my finances. Not this area of my my pleasures. I want to hang on to this. Lay me down. God is calling us on a mark. Get set. Work hard this year to come. If you haven't done it up to this point, you can have a reset. You can have a do-over. Every time I, it came to me as I was sitting there and I was worshiping, the Lord is calling and giving some of you a do-over. Every time I started a second race, another race and throughout the season of cross country or track and field, I forgot about the other races that I may have messed up or I didn't do. I was on the mark. Get set. Yeah. And when that gun went off, it didn't matter what had happened in the past. I was focused. That's good. You may have messed up these years past or this year past. Right. You're getting a do-over. On your mark. Get set. Work hard. Work hard. Be encouraged. Work hard. To prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. What? Oh, I'm a sinner. I mess up sometimes. You're a sinner? Well, you're not going to go to heaven. I'm sorry, I don't ascribe to that. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us we were dead in our sins and trespasses. You do not have to sin. You do not have to live like that. But if you ascribe and say, I'm just a sinner, we're all sinners, well, that's why you're sinning. You can live a victorious life and not sin every day, every moment of the day. You can. It is possible. If it was not possible, he would not have said you will not fall away. We'll never fall away. What does never mean? The right. Right. problem is we read what we want to read instead of reading what it really says problem with the church today that's why so many people are so weak and decrepit in their faith because they're just sinners they just keep on sinning that's why couples don't get married they just keep living in sin fornicating committing adultery doing drugs all oh, i just smoke a little dope it's legal now it helps my pains well what about jesus the doctor of doctors he doesn't want you sick. It's not the will of God for you to be sick, to be bound with fear, to be tormented. He's saying on your mark, come up. Get set. You can get, come out of that sickness. You can come out of that controlling thing that is controlling you. Work hard. Hallelujah. Fight the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. We preach the pansy gospel. It's time to step it up or not. I'm not mad. I may look like I'm mad. I'm not mad. I'm just passionate about what I'm preaching. God has been rattling me, been shaking me about the eternal things. When we stand before the Lord... Do you understand the weight of that? There's no more do-overs. So what we hear on that day is what it's going to be. Do you understand that? This is just a passing through pilgrim pilgrimage. We're not here forever. When time ends, eternity begins, and that is our real destiny. That's what we were really created for. We were created to live for eternity. It was Adam and Eve that opened up Pandora's box and messed the whole thing up. And we got born into this sinful, wretched thing. And that's why we have to wrestle with that sinful nature and die to self work hard to die to self because of what Adam and Eve did that's why Jesus came not to just leave us there because Peter says in this in this chapter if you read it through in verse 3 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 by his divine power God has given us everything we need for living a godly life what does everything mean there it is right there exactly pastor everything we need If we put a percentage on everything what percentage would go there a hundred. What 100 You sure sister <laughs> You sure it's not 60% of the time I have what I need to overcome that sin we read what we want to read what does all mean think about all the promises we have where he says all or you shall you will what it, it, how concrete is that in the in the in the in the english when someone says i will Whether they live up to that or not, that's another story. But God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. He's not like man when he says, I will do thus and thus. What's it mean? There's two paths we can run on today. And God is calling us to the other path. He's saying, on your mark, get set. On your mark, get set. Matthew chapter 7. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. You know this one. Verses 24 through through, through 27. Matthew chapter 7 verses 24 through 27. Anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes and the torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on the sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. There we go, will. When I moved to Guerrero, uh, going on six years ago, the Lord told me when I originally moved there to plant a church. I didn't. And I was greatly chastised for it. Like my mentor, brother Pentingale, said, "I'm greatly loved to the Lord and I'm thankful." I don't need a DNA test to prove that I'm his son. I'm not a bastard. I'm not illegitimate, because the Lord corrects those he loves. He corrects his sons. And I'm thankful for that correction. Now when we go back to to Mexico, and we go to Igualapa, we're gonna plant a church by the will, and by the power, and by the grace of God. My fears, my fears of being inadequate kept me from obeying what God wanted me to do. And many of us have been guilty of that. We look at brother so-and-so like Moses did. Look at my brother Aaron. He's more eloquent than mine. But God never reneged on his calling on Moses. Even when Moses and his his, his, his brother Aaron and his his, uh, sister rose up against him, Moses said, it is him. God said, it is him I call Moses. Remember that? Just because we feel inadequate, just because we don't feel qualified, does not disqualify us from what God has placed upon us. And God is saying, on your mark, get set. He's given you a chance to do over. Given you a chance to start afresh and anew. Given you a chance to say, okay, I humble myself, I repent, Lord, forgive me. Maybe these, now I understand this, some of this suffering that I'm enduring has been your correction. We endured some suffering. My, my son and my, my wife, the, those years that we were in, 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 in Guerrero, we endured some hardships. It was because of my stubbornness, my not willingness. But Lord, I'm, I'm preaching for you. I'm, I'm helping your, your, the, the pastors. They're already planting church. I'm, I'm helping them. Why do I have to reinvent the wheel? You see how we deceive ourselves? Deception is one of the things that's in the last days before the wars and rumors of wars. Two paths we can walk on. Two tracks we can walk on. He's saying, on your mark, get set. And go. And go. And there's two images there that you can think of. The part of going, like in Matthew chapter 28 and and Mark chapter 16, the Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel, which is what we need to keep doing. And we need to be diligent about making disciples and training people up and warning them of the the wrath of God that they can escape. Mm -hmm. But there's also another image of when that, like the sound of the gun when it goes off, Our our feet are going to lift off this ground. Are you ready? In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. No man knows the day or the hour when the rapture, regardless of what people come up with, it's biblical, it's scriptural. There is a rapture of the church. And we must be ready for it. It's not escapism. It's a reality. Because there's going to be great trials and tribulations before the rapture. But that's not the great grand tribulation where the wrath of God is going to be poured out on this world. Because the, he who withholdeth, as it says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, he who is restraining, when he is taken out of the way, right. then everything's going to be unleashed. If you can imagine the deception... You see the deception that we got going on in this country, in our, in our politicians right now. You imagine what it would be when the church, the salt, and the light is taken out? Wow. We're salt and light. We're restrainers. That's why we're supposed to occupy until he comes right. and keep pushing back. I was talking with someone yesterday, and they were talking about some things that's going on in, in the country and everything. And I said, well, Christians need to wake up. And he goes, it's too late. I said, no, it's never too late. It's never too late. That's a lie from the pits of hell. And then he quotes what a lot of people, and I was even guilty of it. Well, it's written in the Bible that these things are going to happen Yeah, it does, but it does not say that we as the church are just supposed to sit back and lay down. Jesus said, Occupy. Push back against it. Why do you think he said that the brother was going to give up brother and people are going to betray one another. Why do you think? Because the church, he was talking about a church, the body of Christ that is on their mark, that is set and is ready to go. They're pushing back. Hallelujah. And it creates the animosity and the division. You following me? You tracking with me? God wants us to go. We see in Second. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 24 through 27. Oh, I'm sorry, not 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. Can't read my hand scratching. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse 24. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just a shadow boxing I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, and listen to what the great apostle said. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. That tells me that there is a possibility that even I, as a preacher, could be disqualified. Think about that. That's why we need to discipline ourselves. That's why we need to Listen to what the spirit of the Lord, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying this morning. It doesn't matter what you've done up until this point. You are here by the mercy and the grace of God. You're hearing this message and he's saying, on your mark, get set. We're going to go. I'm giving you another chance. You're hearing this message because God is giving you another opportunity. And if you've been faithful, and if you've been diligent, and you've been doing what you've been called to do, you've been like the prodigal brother that stayed faithful at home, working, diligent in the field for the Father. Keep doing it, because you're going to reap a reward. You're going to reap an eternal reward, and you're not going to be disqualified. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. In 2 Timothy 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul said to his son Timothy, verses 7 and 8, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me. The crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. You want to know how you cannot fail, how you cannot lose the race? When I ran the race, I didn't hear the people, whether they were cheering me on or booing me. It didn't matter. I was fixed on the goal. I was fixed on the line ahead of me, and I just focused on it till I crossed it. It didn't matter how much my lungs burned. It didn't matter how much my arms hurt. It didn't matter how much my legs felt like lead. I just kept on pumping and kept on pushing till I crossed the line. That's what we've got to do, folks. On your mark, get set, and it's time to go into 2024. And see this church expand, see your families transformed, see your lives rearranged, coming out of sicknesses, coming out of uh, uh, all sorts of things, going from faith to faith and from strength to strength, from glory to glory. the, The light of the righteous shines brighter as the day. There's no going backwards with God. He's always going forward. He's always taking you to better things, to greater things. But it's when we look back. It's when we lose our focus. It's when we let things that we go backwards. But that's not God's fault. In conclusion... 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Y'all with me? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. And now, dear brothers, Paul is writing to the Thessalonian church. Now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. So you will not grieve. Remember. Remember. In the context of what was going on, they, already, they were telling the people, and they were worried the Thessalonican church thought they were in the Great Tribulation. They thought the Antichrist was already on the scene. That's what the context of this and the motivation of Paul writing this. So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout and with a voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these things. And that's the purpose and the motivation of this whole message that the Lord has laid upon my heart. That you would get ready for 2024. That you would get ready for what God has in store. You would hear him calling on your mark. Get set. Bang. Proverbs 14, 12, there is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. There's two paths, two tracks we can run on. Matthew 7, 13, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for many who choose that way, but the gateway to life It's very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. There are two tracks this morning, two tracks. Which one will you be on? Which one will you choose? Which one will you encourage your neighbor to choose? Which one will you encourage your co-worker to choose? Which one will you demonstrate before them? It's good. They that hunger and thirst for righteousness, what's the scripture say? Will be filled. There's that word will. Draw nigh to me, draw near to God, and he, what? There's that word will. See how many promises he's not going to reject. He's here this morning calling us, whatever situation that we're in, whatever it is that we have need of, whether it's salvation, whether it's to renew our commitment to him, Whether we need deliverance, whether we need healing, whatever it is. He's saying, on your mark, get set. And let's go. Stand with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I don't know what your situation is. I don't want to close this time out, this service out, without giving you an opportunity to come to the altar. I, thank, I am thankful that you guys have a pastor that loves the moving of the Holy Spirit and wants to allow the Holy Spirit to move. I don't, it doesn't matter. You're not coming up here for me. You're not coming up here for Pastor Freddie. You're coming up here for yourself whatever it is that you have need of. If you need salvation, if you can't be assured in your heart, whether you're at home and you can't be assured in your heart that if you were to breathe your last, where you would spend eternity, if you can't assuredly say, that's the sign right there. Make your calling and election sure. Peter said make your calling and election sure on your mark get set why don't you come why don't you come find a place at this altar whether you need salvation whether you want to renew your commitment you need more fire you need healing you need deliverance why don't you come on your mark get set why don't you come Come to the mercy seat. Come to the arms of the Father. Come to the arms of the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the only one who has the answer. Why don't you come? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.